Halloween is over, but will the tricks of October turn into treats for November for Mississippi State? That's what we're going to talk about here in a special edition today of The Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. Welcome back to The Doghouse, and no, this is not another episode of Mario and Murray. That will be later on this week. For today, November 1, uh, it's just me, Murray, David Murray, your host of The Doghouse. We're talking Bulldog athletics in general because, as you know, Mississippi State Athletic Director John Cohen has left his alma mater, the place where he played baseball, where he coached baseball and was athletic director, taking the similar job at the University of Auburn. Uh, the news blew up pretty quickly. We've covered it thoroughly on jeanspage.com. More stories to come, of course, but plenty of coverage still left over from Sunday and Monday, including a hot list of candidates, which we'll start getting into in a moment. Right now, though, let's talk about what's going on, maybe what went into the decision for John Cohen to leave and where Mississippi State goes forward, more so on that. Though I do want to share a few reminiscences about Cohen, both the player, the coach, the AD, and, yes, my own friend. Uh, but remember, the doghouse, we're on the Believe Podcast Network, and we're sponsored by Bet Online, where the game starts, and thanks to our special sponsor for this week, ButcherBox, as well. All right. Uh, the word started filtering out middle of last week that Auburn had gotten permission to talk to John Cohen. Uh, I'm not sure permission is needed these days because agents do most of the contacting initially. But once Cohen decided that he wanted to talk to Auburn, he did notify Mississippi State's administration. So they've been aware of this. In fact, had a chance to start working on a short list of candidates even before it was finalized that Cohen was going to take the job. Now, do I think that John Cohen could have returned uh, had he uh, decided to turn down the job or had offered, Auburn not offered him the job? I don't know. I think it would have been possible, certainly. Um, why would we hold it against anyone, in whether administrator or coach, for looking for another job? Well, of course we would because we're fans. We think emotionally, but practically, it's what they do. And I've always said this, one of the most dangerous things that Mississippi State can have in athletics is a comfortable coach. I'm talking about a coach who has no ambitions to move up further, uh, to move away, to take something else, but also feels like he's so secure at Mississippi State, he doesn't need to be keeping an eye out for other opportunities. Because when you get comfortable, you get stale. And when you get stale, whatever good things you've done with the program tend to start collapsing in and of themselves. So I don't hold it against a coach or now an administrator for looking elsewhere. But could he have come back? I think once it became clear that it was a matter of settling on terms and if they did come to terms that Cohen would take the job, then he had no option to back out. And had Auburn said no, I don't think he would have been able to come back comfortably and securely. Now, Mississippi State could not fire him. There is no cause for firing an employee who looks for another job unless such language is written into the contract and I guarantee you it is not written into the contract in those terms simply because no coach or AD or staffer of any sort would sign such a deal in the first place. Their agents would be fools to let them do that and not give them the option of looking elsewhere and always holding that over their employee's head. So get that thought out of your mind that there was any just cause for firing a coach or AD who even talks to another school, much less seriously pursues a job. That said... I just don't think that John would have come back because he knows it would have been far too uncomfortable. Not that the administration wouldn't trust him. 
just the fact that it would have stirred up too many hard feelings, especially when you're looking within the same conference, and especially when you're looking at the other Aggie school in this conference, too. Just too many things there didn't fit well. So once it got to the point of talking terms, I really believe it is the best for all parties concerned, for John and Nell Cohen and their family, for Mississippi State and the athletic family, that indeed Auburn did make the offer, the deal was accepted, it was announced, and now he will be on his way to Auburn. And by the way, no. I was only half making fun on Saturday when I posted on our website. Uh, What's the potential for making first ever SEC history when having a couple of conference clubs meeting on the football field under the same athletic director. Well, it's not going to happen now. Bracky Brett is indeed the interim athletic director. He'll be retiring next June after long and distinguished service with Mississippi State and a fun and heck guy that I'm going to really miss. Maybe someday I'll give you the inside story on the uh, Kevin Fant affair because I was actually rooming with Bracky on that trip to Oregon. Uh, statute of limitations have probably passed on a lot of that, but uh, some of the old war stories. And I'm getting a couple of old war stories about John Cohen as well soon. But fact is, that deal is done, and now Mississippi State is in the official phase of looking for the next athletic director. And I went to the chiropractor this morning. Of course, I've been around about Starkville since yesterday. Even at church on Sunday, was getting questions because it was assumed at that point it'd be a change. Who will be the next athletic director at Mississippi State? Mike Nemeth has done an outstanding job assembling an initial short list. It will be added to as we go. In fact, one name quite possibly being added this morning, a John Hartwell from Utah State, although I'm not certain how serious that will be. In fact, he was a candidate for the Auburn job and late in the day was nixed, no pun intended, Auburn Tigers. If you happen to be listening, I respect you guys. And so I don't think Mississippi State will pursue it until some issues from his past are settled as well. Not involving him directly, but athletics under his charge. And it is a shame, but it's also true that even a hint of issues in the past can negate a hiring, which might even work out very well for all parties considered. That's just the way the game is played, because keep in mind, much more so than a coach, an athletic director's position is also not least political and public image. All those things count. So let me go through my own quick, quick, quick short list. Uh, the name that pops up most often so far has been John Curry. That's uh, C-U-R-R-I-E, in case you don't know. Athletic director currently at Wake Forest. Yes, he was the athletic director at Tennessee. Very short term, only 2017. And it blew up on him because he was going to hire Mike Leach, or certainly making the offer to be head coach in 2017 when the Vols were having their coaching search. Well, former coach Philip Formal blew that up and got his AD fired, which shows how dysfunctional Tennessee was at the time. Curry fortunately landed on his feet at his alma mater, thank goodness, at Wake Forest. And if you've been keeping track of Wake Forest sports, they've been on a pretty good run the last several times. In fact, he was named uh, an Athletic Director of the Year and Sports Illustrated Top 40, Under 40, when he was of that age. He's now 51, back in the 20-teens. Now, he has no ties to Mississippi State other than his relationship at Tennessee when he was there. His other jobs have been uh, formerly at uh, Wake Forest as a AD before he moved on, so they hired him back. Hey, if they liked him enough to hire him back, that's usually a pretty positive point. He was also at Kansas State and then Tennessee as well, now back at his alma mater. Would he be interested in leaving there, especially with the security he's bound to have? And given that security is a relative statement these days, 
I don't know, and I tend to think not so at this point, particularly because having been at Tennessee, he knows the Mississippi State position well, and he knows what the Bulldogs are up against, which is why I like a guy like Jared Benko. And yes, he is also a friend, so let's factor that in, 38 years old. He's now the athletic director at Georgia Southern because he left Mississippi State in 2020. Now, he was a Scott Strickland hire, but within months of him taking the job, he was working for John Cohen as athletic director too. And so he was here through 2020. He's had great success at Georgia Southern, including his football team beating Nebraska. Okay, everybody beats Nebraska this day, but still, Georgia Southern beating Nebraska. You got to think something's going right there, and other sports are are doing well. In fact, I do follow Jared because he's a friend and was very helpful to us on the website. And he's the one who explained to me why Humphrey Coliseum cannot be torn down and replaced per se because it will cost as much to remove the existing facility as it will cost to build new, so you're paying twice. Just want to get that out there for anyone who still questions why the existing hump is being renovated. He explained that fact. He was an assistant athletic director at Auburn for two years. Before that, a director of business operations at Arkansas for four years and an assistant director of business operations at Georgia for three years. Does that not spell SEC experience before he came to Mississippi State? My plus for him is he's worked for the mega rich. He's worked for the very rich. Now he's been here at Mississippi State and what, let's be blunt, the middle classes of the SEC. And he's in a place where uh, you got to scratch and claw for every penny you get at Georgia Southern and still be competitive and done it. So I like a guy who has that kind of perspective. Oh, yes, he's a University of Georgia graduate, so at least he's friendly with the Bulldogs in that regard, maybe the other Bulldogs. And no, I don't hold the age against him because, frankly, the way the AD business is headed is just so fast-paced. You need somebody, not because they have new young ideas, just because you got to have an amazing amount of energy. John Cohen had that, but he was burning the candle, as I like to say, at three ends, and I think it was showing. Another name popping up is the current athletic director at Florida State, Mike Alford. Um, he has some Mississippi State ties, obviously because he uh, signed and played one year college baseball here at State. And then he went on to get his undergraduate degree at UAB and a master's at Arkansas in 95. He has experience uh, previously at Central Michigan, Oklahoma, uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, corporate marketship and sales. And I guess if you survive working for Jerry Jones, that's a plus for you. I worked with Alabama Sports Marketing, been out in Los Angeles, been in Cincinnati. So he has literally got nationwide experience in the business side of things. Would Mississippi State be able to pay enough to bring him away? Remember, John Cohen was making $1.1 million. He just signed a $5 million contract at Florida State, and I really, really doubt Mississippi State would put that kind of money into the AD's position. But these days, you never know. Eric George, who was just hired at Mississippi State, he's now the deputy athletic director, um, only been here you know, a couple of years, so... Uh, before that, associate athletic director Clemson for five years. He's been in the University of Texas for a couple of years. Uh, he Most of his stuff has been in capital projects, obviously a subject concern because Mississippi State is still looking at additions to Davis Wade Stadium. But uh, does his resume match up to it? And by the way, I like him. I think certainly he will be an athletic director in the future. Is he ready now? Kirby Hocutt, I'm not sure why his name keeps popping up because he's been at at Texas Tech 11 years. And if you've stayed out in Lubbock that long, no, by the way, uh, he was not athletic director when Mike Leach was there. So that ruled that part of it out. He's been an AD 17 years, mostly at the Power 5 level. 
But he's got a good job right now, making a pretty good salary, uh, maybe 60% of what State could offer. So if they stay the same pace as Cohen, I think if money is an issue, and frankly, he wants to get out of the Big 12 and come to the SEC and compare himself to the big boys because he has no experience in this league, previously at Miami, Florida, back when they're really bad years there, uh, University of Ohio, not Ohio State, and now Texas Tech. Would he be interested in moving this way? Eh, it'd be interesting because he certainly has all sorts of contacts in the college football playoff system with the NCAA. It would give State an instant entree into those, which, of course, obviously you already have in Dr. Mark Keenum. I've seen Scott Weatherby's name pop up. He worked at Mississippi State a couple of years and then moved on to become athletic director at Eastern Michigan as well as school vice president and only making about $270,000, according to Mike Nemus Research, 47 years old. Uh, age is not a problem there. I, I got along fine with Scott while he was here, but I don't think he made a lot of hard ties with the administration at that same time, too. And a name of interest is John David Wicker. He's now the athletic director at San Diego State, only making, I think, less than $400,000, 51 years old. His past experience before moving out to the West Coast, where he'd already been, in fact, uh, frequently, he was at Georgia Tech for a couple of years. Before that, San Diego State as an associate AD, then at Washington State. Interestingly, he was at Southern Mississippi back in 1999 and 2001 and worked with Georgia during the Atlanta Olympic Games in the 1990s. And he is a Mississippi State alumnus, class of 1992. But after leaving State, other than the stint there at uh, Hattiesburg and Atlanta, he spent most of his life out on the West Coast. Is he ready to come back home? Eh, Possibly. But does he like it out there? You don't know. And he doesn't have just a ton of experience at the Power 5 level. And I think that's going to count, too, because bluntly, to me, one of the biggest challenges for any new athletic director at Mississippi State. In fact, let's just dive into this now. As Steve and I talked about yesterday in our Rose Bowl and Uncle Dave talk from outside of Davis Wade Stadium, there's not any huge immediate issues that an interim athletic director has to take care of. Uh, as I was joking with Bracky when I ran into him in the Humphrey Coliseum yesterday, that uh, I think you only have two objectives right now. First, get better coffee in the press box. He's quite the coffee aficionado, and so am I increasingly. And secondly, get us in the better bowl. You know, not Las Vegas. Don't want to go to Las Vegas. I know some of you do. I don't. And frankly, most fans I talk to don't either. Uh, I said, get us in the Texas Bowl or maybe back in Jacksonville if you can. And um, and when I said congratulations, he laughed and said, do you mean condolences? Bracky's got the sense of humor to handle this. But he doesn't have anything big on his plate right now. And even if there were the uh, top assistants to John Cohen, who would be Bo Hempel, Mike Ritchie, and others in the Bulldog Club, they certainly can take care of it. The Humphrey Coliseum project is proceeding apace, despite rumors to the contrary. And we still haven't gotten some hard answers on exactly what happened, that to raise the fuss that maybe the hump wouldn't be ready. Well, it turns out it is. And a week from last night, in fact, Chris Jans opens his season with the Bulldogs, so the hump is open for business again. So that's un- underway. Of course, uh, Davis Wade had the balconies added this past year. And anything they've got planned now for the south end zone and spiffing up the western side, that can be put on hold if necessary and, in fact, may need to be in the larger context because there's some hard decisions to make about the scope of that project now, especially as other issues start to interfere 
i.e. name, image, likeness. Do you really want to pump money into facilities, or would you rather have your people giving money to NIL? That's something a new AD has got to be concerned with. Longer term and even bigger picture, the new athletic director needs to be on good terms or get there fast with the Southeastern Conference office. I say this because most people expect Texas and Oklahoma to come in the conference by 2025 now. I actually think it could happen as early as 2024, if only because that's when the new network contract starts and you think Texas and Oklahoma don't want to miss out on all that cash, even if it costs them a buyout with the Big 12, which themselves just signed, I think, a $1.2 billion deal with ESPN and Fox yesterday. The money figures that get thrown around once upon a time with the stuff of fantasy and NASA projects. And now it's, it's a salary and a TV deal for a conference. Oh, my gosh. But the point being, the new athletic director needs to be on good terms with the SEC because hard times are coming for anyone who gets left behind the curve in two specific areas. And I'm not even talking NIL right now. That's the biggest issue. But I'm going to talk the conference expansion and how does the new scheduling shake out. You need a friend at court for Mississippi State to get the most favorable schedule possible when the new rotation is figured out. Will it be a 1-7 and stick with eight conference games? I think it will, by the way, at this point, although TV really, really, really wants the nine conference games, which would probably be a 3-6 rotation. Well, if it was 1-7, that's easy. You got Ole Miss as your permanent, and the other seven change every year. No big deal. 3-6, now you're going to have to do some real work to try to make sure that you don't get stuck with, say, Ole Miss, Georgia, and Alabama, that maybe you get, uh, as most is projected, Mississippi State would get Texas A&M and Kentucky as the other two permanents in a 3-6 rotation. But you need somebody with the ear of the commissioner or who can stand up in a meeting of all those other athletic directors and presidents who make the ultimate decisions in this conference and make the case for Mississippi State. And by the way, related to that, this is one potential positive benefit to Cohen's departure, not because he doesn't have Sankey's ear. He does. He's on great terms with Greg Sankey. So are Scott Strickland and Greg Byrne. That's three former Mississippi State athletic directors now directing programs around the rest of the conference. And while, yes, their first obligation is to their own jobs, their own schools, and to the SEC as a whole, they can sympathize directly with Mississippi State I'll remind something that Cohen told me when we were talking back in preseason. We were discussing future SEC scheduling. And he said that, yes, TV is really pushing the nine-game conference schedule and, and Director Sankey and other presidents are considering. And so are schools like Alabama and Georgia who have nothing to lose once the playoff expands to 12 games. Uh, Cohen pointed out they do have something to lose because nine more games – means nine more losses in the SEC, which waters down your overall schedule strength and may, repeat, may be the factor that keeps three SEC teams from making the playoff instead of just having two in there. That one extra loss for somebody could end up biting. That's why he's making the case, not just selfishly for state at the time, but for the good of the conference to stay with an eight-game schedule. That's only one example I use of how you need people with an awareness of Mississippi State's rather unique situation in this mega-rich conference and how to keep the general health of the league going and not just keep the top two or three programs at the very top, not just financially, and being the ones that make all the money for the league. No, you need a strong overall conference, especially as long as the bowl system exists, and that's something that Mississippi State very much is interested in doing as well. 
and these former ADs at State, now in the rest of the SEC, also understand what bowls mean, not just to their current programs, but to all programs in the conference. So that's one thing that you'll need the new AD to be on good terms with those guys, be able to make those connections and work with them, both for the good of the conference and for the good of Mississippi State directly. And I can name a couple of guys off this list that I would feel very comfortable doing that. In fact, uh, I'm not going to make any bones about it. If I had to pick one right now, I'd take Jared Benko. The decision's not up to me, fortunately. It's up to Dr. Mark Keenum and his staff. And they're already reaching out to other names that maybe are not appearing on our hot list just quite yet. By the way, I've uh, kind of put this off a little too long. It's time to talk about our sponsor just a bit. Football is still hot and heavy now, but... Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, and even golf. How do you bet golf? Okay. Head to betonline.ag to find out and to join up and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, that's all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And if you're liking what you're hearing, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcast, huh? All right. Back to the situation. I've given you a couple of names there. More will be added, so do stay tuned to our hot board, as Mike Neem keeps assembling. He's doing the heavy leg work, and by the way, he's been involved in one or two athletic director and coaching searches of his own accord at Mississippi State, so he's got an insight there that uh, the rest of us certainly lack. So, what do I think about the departure of Cohen? Well, on the whole, I... I've talked about the circumstances that once you are seriously interested in another job, emotionally it's probably best. But I'm going to pass along a few things too. John Cohen, to my eye, was never going to be a lifer AD. Not because he wouldn't want to and not because he couldn't. He just burns the candle at three ends. He is so intense. He puts so much into it, so much effort, so much thought that it just burns a guy out. And maybe some of the strains started showing there in recent years. Um, you know, getting the national championship baseball certainly eased some stress, and it would really help out if Mike Leach would start winning big this weekend, being a great starting point for that too, because there's the pressure of his second football coaching hire really needed to work out. Parenthetically, what if something needed to be done with football for any reason other than, say, a retirement? I'm not sure that he would have been allowed to make the uh, next coaching pick. In fact, I really suspect it would not have happened. And when you feel that's the situation, it's probably best to start thinking about finding something else to do. Now, did I think he would be another AD at another SEC school? I actually kind of thought he might move on to pro baseball, do something like that, kind of unwind a little bit, get out of his system, but he can't. Do I think this is a good job for him? No. Not because he's not capable but because Auburn is Auburn. When you have a handful of people who try to do the hiring and firing for you who are not uh, administrators, are not officials, not even present the school, that's a dangerous situation to walk into unless you have the skin of a dinosaur and, frankly, the uh, presence of one 
And I'm just not sure that a hyper-analytical and facts-based guy like John, who that's how he coached and that's how he directed the administration, I'm not sure how well that's going to mesh in a hyper-emotionalized place like Auburn. But if it works out, God's blessings on him. I really want to see him succeed because he's a friend. I think he's a sharp guy. And unlike one of his predecessors, who I refuse to name at this point, but you know who I'm talking about, John never felt the need to prove he was the smartest man in the room. He just was himself. I know some people would uh, think, oh, he thinks he knows everything. Well, maybe he did, but he never tried to show it off. So John does his digging. He does the legwork. He gathers the information. He analyzes, sometimes analyzes too much. Although, by the way, I found it very interesting that uh, of all people yesterday on Twitter, one of the guys wishing him well and, and supporting him for Auburn was Brent Rooker. So his former players were certainly in his corner in that regard. As a coach, well, you can't question the successes he had. And he, and he walked into a brutal situation because replacing Ron Polk was never going to be easy, but especially when Ron made his preference for another coach made at the time. Now, Mississippi State made the right choice. Nobody can argue that given the choices there, and this is no offense to my fellow also friend Tommy Raffo, he understands that John with his record in the SEC and other places was the right choice for head coach. He did a great job there. He produced more draft picks even than his predecessors did over a comparable period. And he took Tate to a national championship round with UCLA in 2013, won an SEC tournament, won an, an SEC championship, something that had not been done since he was a player himself back in 1989. As an AD, he certainly um, analyzed all the data. He, in fact, brought in ways for the Bulldog Club and others to collect more data. You know, I've heard frequent complaints over fans, and why is there not more outreach? Why don't we target this? Well, they are. In fact, I have been in the Bulldog Club at time in the ticket office, and they've demonstrated the system to me where they track what tickets are sold, what tickets are used, how they're not used, uh, tendencies in there, where the new areas are to reach out for fans and potential new ticket sales, things like that. Uh, Mississippi State does not lack for data now, and that's largely a credit to Cohen and how he brought a fresh attitude towards looking for this sort of material. And of course, facilities, he was patient, picked his spots. He did not begin the process of expanding and renovating Polk Dement Stadium. He, it was Scott Strickland got that rolling, but John had the tough job of finishing it, and especially this ultra-tough job of setting final capacity based on season sales and promised commitments to buy. That's just a couple of things. You look at the left field loss. Oh, yes, uh, there's fans who will never, ever, ever forgive him for being the guy they blame, even though, again, it was his predecessors and the administration who set this in motion. But he took the blame for being the one who, quote, got rid of the left field lounge, the lounge that we used to know it. He ate that blame, never complained about it, even though it wasn't fair, and dealt with it. And yet a few out there will still never forgive him for it. Well, that's their problem because the new facility – is infinitely better. And yes, I'm an old sentimentalist, and I do miss the rowdy charms of the old lounge, even if I didn't indulge in them myself. I watch from a safe distance most of the time. But the point was, he saw the need, drew on legal advice and the university's preferences, and made that move and took the blame and deserves the credit for what Pultimate Stadium now is. 
of course, as I've mentioned, we, he and I have talked many, many times about what's going to be done with the south end zone and the west side of Davis Wade Stadium. He has some plans in mind and not drawing on their traditional ideas of, quote, bowling it in, instead rather having a more entertainment-oriented type of area that is still semi-open to the junction, allowing free transit from side to side of the stadium, allowing places uh, for kids to move around to congregate, open-type seating, but also open-type stand-around, lounging, even dining, because that according to the research done, is where the market is headed in college football. Just sitting in your place, maybe leaving once for a restroom, once for concessions, that's not the future. That's All sports are now dealing with the fact that people want more about it, and if they don't get it, they're going to stay home, watch on the big screen, rather than pay increasing ticket prices, parking prices, all sorts of prices. So he was ahead of that curve, and not just on his own initiative, he was bringing in people and consulting with professionals in all aspects of college and professional sports, even international sports, to see what facilities need to be in coming years to not raise attendance. That's not going to happen. But to keep the leakage of attendance down to a minimum because that is simply where the sports market is heading. And some of us traditionalists sit there and say, no, just bowl the stadium in. No, don't do it. You, you make it better. Make what you have better. Eventually, his goal was to chair back all of Davis Wade Stadium. I know some people somehow are convinced he's against it. No. But it had to be to the point where the numbers backed it up that now you can chair back it and won't lose so many seats as to really take away from the revenue potential of ticket sales. And by the way, even when you see these huge TV contracts and the share of the wealth plan of the SEC, season tickets still matter hugely in Mississippi State financing. Coaching hiring, you can look at the list I put up yesterday, um, along with quotes by Mike Leach and Chris Jans about their thoughts uh, on the news of Cohen's departure. The man who hired them is now moving on. They're waiting to see who their own new boss is. Leach handled it with his usual fashion of uh, saying the new AD, his job is to give us the resources to stay out of the way. He didn't mean it personally. He was factual. He believes it. Jan said he was grateful for the chance that Cohen has given him to come from New Mexico State to play in the big leagues at Mississippi State. And, of course, Chris Lamonis will be talking later today with Mike Nemeth after they get a chance because he's been busy with exit interviews from players after fall ball. Hope to get a comment from Sam Purcell as well. In fact, all but two of the coaches on the current head coaching roster were hired by Cohen. Uh, oddly enough, it's tennis, both men's and women's, that were inherited, one hired by Greg Byrne and one hired by Scott Strickland. Otherwise, they're all Cohen hires, and in three cases, promotions. So you can see his mark is left there. I'm only going to tell one John Cohen story at this point. I know we're dragging on a little bit long here, but I've just got to get this out there. It goes back to when his playing days. John was notorious for his temper. I'm not telling any tales out of school. All Diamond Dog fans in the late 80s and 1990 knew it. And But his temper was always directed at himself. He was such a perfectionist that if he struck out or hit a routine fly ball, he would just rant and rage on his way back to the dugout. Well, one night, and this is back when I had free run of the dugout and would shoot games for the old Dogs Bite magazine. We're sitting there. And somehow during the game, uh, somebody, I forget what player it was, proposed, hey, let's all start a pool on what will John do after he strikes out next. And everybody threw in their ideas of, of what would happen to it. 
Gary Murphy, who was the graduate assistant coach on the staff then, not only got it right, he got all seven steps right from what he would do with his bat, what he would do with his gloves, the first thing he would hit when he got to the dugout, what he would say, what exact uh, blasphemous words he would use, and the one that tipped him over the edge, he called it, nobody else got, that he would walk into the dugout tunnel and kick the trash can. Nobody else guessed that. The moment he did that, our end of the dugout just exploded in laughter. Ron Polk looks down the dugout as in, what are y'all laughing about? And we never told him. Maybe he's learned by now. But, uh, and oh, by the way, after that big explosive event, Pat McMahon assistant dragged him aside and gave him a lecture about uh, showing his temper quite so much. But that was John. That was how intense he approached playing the game. It's how intense he approached coaching the game, sometimes to his detriment, often to his benefit. He and SEC umpires had a quite interesting relationship over the years. But he loved Mississippi State. He loved football. I really believe he was born to be a football coach more than a baseball coach because he loves football. He did what he believed under the circumstances with the resources that he saw was best for Mississippi State. We will and can and always will argue among ourselves about the level to which he succeeded. But the fact that he did succeed is unarguable. Only the most hardest heads out there can even begin to fantasize that his tenure was a failure. Mississippi State had a run of championships and finishes and records in his tenure that no other AD is going to match. Was it always in the two sports that matter? No. Football and basketball had their struggles, and even baseball had its down year or two here and there. After all, John Cohen is the only SEC coach ever in baseball to take a team from worst one year to first the next year, and he did it twice at Kentucky and State. So there were ups and downs in there. But ultimately, his tenure was successful for Mississippi State, and he leaves the athletic program in excellent financial footing. The coaches are settled. The facilities improvements are upgraded, and those that are being planned have not begun yet, so there's no money committed. Nothing that a new or interim AD has to immediately step in and try to hold together. So his departure, yes, you hate to do it midseason, and you sure as heck hate to see him go into Auburn the week Mississippi State's going to play at Auburn. And since you're asking, no, I don't expect him to be at the game on Saturday. And if he if he is, it will be somewhere very secure. Most likely, I don't think he'll show up because he doesn't want to be a distraction, not to the school he's leaving and not to the school he's going to, particularly under the situations that Auburn finds himself. All right. That's enough for one day. I'm sure there'll be more reminiscing about the Cohen tenure and more evaluation as the scope of it becomes fully clear over time. But Later this week, Mario and I will be back together. We'll be talking about Mississippi State's upcoming game with Auburn as the Bulldogs seek bowl eligibility. They certainly need to put a uh, through a thumping on the visiting Tigers and start making their case for a better bowl excess. But we'll have a lot to discuss there. Tickets still remain available for this weekend's game. The Georgia game is a sellout, and we'll find out Monday what time the East Tennessee game will be set for. Well, 35 minutes talking. Well, that's enough for today. But... After I talk, don't forget, don't forget our sponsor, Bet Online, where the game starts. Give us a rating on Apple Podcast, and uh, we'll have a Butcher Box ad when Mario and Murray returns later this week. For now, this is your solo doghouse with your host, David Murray, discussing 
the departure of John Cohen, and where does Mississippi State turn for its next athletic director? We'll be talking to you the rest of this week.